I hit record. Did you hit record? It's the Christmas special. <laughs> okay, that that really worked. <laughs> Rob, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, buddy. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers the the microphone with my little beer here. That was that was it. That's that gonna, sounded horrific to me, that, but okay. Burst someone's eardrum later on. I have a nice uh, Sierra Nevada. It's 2019 celebration fresh hop IPA here, wow. which I've been told is particularly amazing this year. So I'm very looking forward to drinking this. Have you taken this up? I'll have one right now, actually. Yeah, go on, I'll wait. Ooh, ooh, okay. Oh, that is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty decent, actually. Um, it's like 6.8%. So, oh, God. This episode's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> By comparison, as is the theme, I'm going to, uh, well, more the geographic theme, more than the Christmas obvious theme. I've gone for a meantime London pale ale. It's um, quite a, a citrusy hop. It just You just hop off the bus with this one. It's great. You said this to me before the episode started, and I only got right now the whole meantime thing, like Greenwich meantime. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I'm very slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas to all. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It's, it's What a year it's been. Um, I can't believe we're here. We the, the illustrious 23rd episode, I believe. Our crowning achievement. Unless, of course, we get to 24, of course. And that would be the crowning achievement. And so the story goes. <laughs> and then this episode is all but worthless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they're immediately just shelved once we get on to the next one. I'm just like... Oh, yeah, it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just on that note, of we've, we've somehow clambered and clattered our way through 23 episodes of this. And um, as we approach the end of the year, I think it's quite poetic. Ross, quite the accomplishment during the week. Uh, with 1,000 followers on the, the old Twitter. Well done, you. Here's another little cheers. <laughs> well done. Well done, us, man. It's the podcast that got it, not, not just my constant attempts at stardom. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, interestingly enough, I know the person who is the 1,000th follower, and I promised him I would give him a shout-out on the show because I saw the counter... When he clicked it, go from 999 to 1,000. It's Mark Hamill. Jack O'Toole. Oh. I wish it was Mark Hamill. <laughs> Jack O'Toole, thanks for the 1,000th follow, my friend. Thank you, Jack. Jack Attack. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you waited till that many followers to then jump on the bandwagon. But look, Jack, thank you, my friend. Looks like he's looking for his 15 minutes of fame. And let me tell you, you came to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still waiting for that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think we'll be waiting slightly longer than he will. Mm. But yes, Rob, it's the Christmas episode. It 23. is. 23, I can't believe that. It's a pity it's not 25. Would have been quite, you know, coincidental and uh, nice. And But it didn't work out that way. <laughs> so what can you do? Lucky number 23. Isn't... I feel like there's a film, 23, number 23, with Jim Carrey or something along those lines. Yes, yes, the number 23 with Jim Carrey. Yeah, we so, just say it was called Lucky Number 23. <laughs> well, it's that Lucky Number 23. I think I mixed up the number 23 and Lucky Number 11. But you know what? Six of one, half dozen the other. Loads of numbers. <laughs> it literally is more numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have a kind of a fun episode for you today, guys. It's not going to be too, Hopefully. you know, actually news or anything uh, heavy. We're just going to be nah. literally having beers and shooting the owl. The old shit, as they say. <laughs> that phrase is Warning, uh, no, 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 no shit will be shot on today's episode. Where did that phrase come from? Is that like from a... I, like, what is the history there? Shooting the shit, is that like a, a regnick or like country kind of a thing where, you know, you literally shoot the shit and that's like passing time? Is that... A, or is it... Tell me about it. I mean, I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> I, I know for a fact I don't know. <laughs> 
but maybe that's a little project we can work on for a next little project. Time. Shoot the shit. Our newest segment where we actually just yeah, our shoot newest the segment shit. shooting the shit. I mean, that would be literally the whole episode mm. yet again. I mean, I've, metaphorically, we were definitely shooting the shit. I, that's that much is clear. But speaking of shit, we're going to our first segment. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, yes, we shall. And of course, that shitty segment is called. <gasps> Mark Hamill? <laughs> That's not what you shooting the shit, was it? Yeah, exactly. Mark, are you there? <laughs> I was hoping he'd intervene. But listen, Ross, do you want to kick things off? I think I'm, I'm really thrilled with how the facts played out this week, I have to say. I cannot believe that it went actually this way, to be honest. So I guess I'll start with my fact, and I will reveal whether it was true or not. My fact was that Buddy's father's apartment in the movie Elf is the same as Dana's from Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Now this was actually true. There it is. But let's check out... Yeah, you actually, you say your, you say yours first, then I'll give the stats. <laughs> this is amazing. So my one was, this is completely fabricated, um, that Courtney Cox was the front runner for um, Trinity in The Matrix before Carrie-Ann Moss took the role at the last minute. Now, the reason I came up with that fact, that wasn't even related to anything, other than I was watching Friends and then The Matrix came on after it. And that's how I arrived at that fact. I mean, I don't know, man. That sounds pretty conclusive to me. <laughs> All I know is that y'all fell for it. How about that, you little, you feckers? We bloody gotcha. 76% <laughs> of the voters You're kidding. thought it was Courtney Cox being the front runner for Trinity. I even put the poll, I even called it the one with the one, you know? I like, saw that. I, I, that you, you've, I have to say, if there is one real sort of masterstroke to the to the whole social media buckle that we have going on right now definitely those little poll titles are winning it for me right now man that makes me really happy to say that because i'm actually loving them so far like not putting a huge amount of effort in because i I don't ever put a huge amount of effort into anything but i was definitely like ah i like these these are kind of funny the one with the the one the one one with the one is great because it it takes you a second you're like wait what and then you realize the friends matrix crossover just it, it was a match made in heaven to begin with so as far as i'm concerned if they don't cast courtney cox in the matrix 4 there's a huge opportunity that has been missed as a result huge. Do you know when i saw the poll i actually went online and was like I, rob must be wrong about this and i was trying to type in courtney cox the matrix and trinity courtney cox the matrix to see if anything would come up but nothing. nothing did that man tell you just it just the the the, the fact just was fully written in my mind all at once it was like it was like you know an author when they've come up with a uh, a novella, except this is just <laughs> this is just one sentence. <laughs> just, yeah, and because you were watching a show that was followed by a movie, yeah, <laughs> so not quite like a, an author with a novella. I'm exactly. sure I was close enough with it. We close. That's that's how it starts. That's yeah, how yeah. it all starts. But um, right, so I guess when with our with our segment down, we're not going to do the great reference game this week because we are going to do a little bit of quiz later where we're going to quiz each other hmm. on some of our favorite Christmas movies, or in Rob's case not his favourite Christmas movie because that's not on the page we found. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't believe. I should have done that, that check before we were just about to hit record. But anyway. But yeah, we're going to do a Christmas quiz or a Quizmas as we're going to call it. And uh, it'll be a little bit later in the episode. So we're going to get through it. We're going to rifle through some of the just some of the interesting topics that have come up over the last couple of weeks just to kind of just to warm us into the episode. But um, outside that, then it's going to be let's just, Fair warning, it's going to be pretty loosey-goosey, because I don't even know where we're going for the second half of this Oh, thing. listen, we're going we're gonna to wing it like a goose, like an actual goose with his wings. But right. let's get into some trailers first, because at least people can, you know, 
listen and get those things and not just listen to us ramble. Hmm. So Rob, do you want to do you want to bring up a first trailer or which is the one that struck you the most maybe? Um, why don't we just start with the one that that's hot off the presses as of today, like f- yes. like literally in a matter of hours. So hot, 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 sexy trailer, and it is oh, hot and sexy being the word. It really is. Uh, I mean, it's that's two words, but still, it's at uh, three even. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could count. This is really going right. This episode is uh, episode twenty-five. Here we are. Oh wait. Um. So it's uh the Top Gun Maverick trailer. So I think we should probably just kick off with since it's literally was only released today. This movie looks bonkers. Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Today's exercise is dogfighting. Two versus one. You've got to be kidding. The the they've kind of teased. Just they've given us more sorts of stunts to kind of sink our teeth into with when it comes to kind of the. The aerial dogfights, things like that. I don't know how they've filmed some of this stuff, but because Cruz is involved, you can assume it's real. There's a bit in it where there's fighter jets flying, sort of in, in sort of in tandem, sort of parallel, just right beside each other, mere meters apart, and then another one shoots up and in between them, and the shockwave of that <laughs> like blasts those two planes away. It's it's mental. And it didn't look hokey. It no. actually, like, it looked, oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, honestly, I was nervous. Obviously, they've already filmed it, so it's not, like, but I feel, you only feel like you're watching something live because there's certain camera angles that they're filmed with, obviously, like, GoPros and things inside the cockpit. And that kind of gives it a very real kind of documentary feel nearly by comparison to, like, you know, the more standard kind of 35mm kind of film look that the rest of the trailer, I think, has. But there's some mad stunts. Tom Cruise is in. He's, I think he's an instructor, I think, in this one, which, I mean... Fair play to him. He's been teaching flying for the last, it could be 30 years, and he still looks the same. Hasn't he aged a day. Exactly <laughs> the same. He hasn't aged a literal day. Um, I think what's, what's hilarious is that I, di- I didn't necessarily have like any particular, you know, we said this before when the first trailer for this sequel came out, like, I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't racing to claim I was a major fan of the first one, but this trailer has got me even more pumped now for this movie because it just looks like such a spectacle. What did you think of it? It's everything that they did right with Mission Impossible is obviously being taken on board. We're going to talk about another trailer later on, which is Black Widow. And watching this today made me realize the mistake, not mistakes, but just, you know, how unrealistic some of the Marvel movies look. And I know they're not meant to look too realistic, but there's a scene in that trailer where Black Widow is falling between some debris. Oh, it looks very CG. It's and shocking. Very, it's shocking bad. But this trailer again with that kind of mission impossible flair of realism it just looks and feels so much better i think oh yeah and what's interesting is like tom cruise is obviously found now i think he's found he's really settled in like this this production team and like crew of like directors and or writers that he can cruise. rely on the tom cruise <laughs> nice welcome to my the cruise crew but he's he's kind of found this network of people he knows he can rely on to make really kind of interesting at least they'll work on to their credit they'll make enough of a tangible story where at least it at least it's enjoyable and it's not too daft and then they can build interesting set pieces and kind of gripping scenes and mad stunts all around that so like christopher mcquarrie i think is heavily involved in that he's really shaped the mission impossible universe over the last two films he directed the last one and has written wrote that one as well and also wrote the previous one and i think he's now written the next two mission impossibles they're doing like a back-to-back job so they've settled into this, just this lovely jet stream, if you will, of just knocking out these bonkers movies with great stunts, great action, and just a whole whole bag of fun for the whole family. And but it's hard to like, it's hard to look at them like the original did because this 
I mean, it, look, it's, it's, it very much looks similar to the original and it's obviously going for the same vein and has that same over-the-top kind of, you know, guys on tour yeah. <laughs> playing volley beach, Tops volleyball. Tops off volleyball, Tops sunglasses off volleyball, on at, at night time in a bar, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, because those action scenes look so much more realistic and so much, not, I won't say grounded because they're not grounded, but they do look plausible and mm. i can imagine them happen in reality it just gives it a bit more weight and everything fits together a bit more because it is very much a let's take everything that made the original work and that people liked about it and the silliness like with that and just put all this mission impossible fallout style perfection on top of that and we've got ourselves a film i mean look it's a great <laughs> you can't fault them for that idea or the execution like no and i, I wouldn't it be amazing at the end of this that that it turns out that Maverick and Ethan Hunt are the same person, and it's from the, <laughs> it's from the, <laughs> it's from the Impossible Gunniverse or something like that. The top, the top mission, mission Impossible. It'll be amazing, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this guy's been an undercover M, uh, IMF agent and uh, a crack fighter pilot for the last thirty years, and nobody even knew he's just." But been... who's his allegiance to, to? Like, are they to the to the to the Top Gun guys? Or to the Mission Impossible guys. I don't know. Given that he's a spy for a shady network, I imagine he has very little allegiance to them because he probably doesn't even trust them to begin with. But yeah, um, that's probably true. <laughs> so, and I'd say he likes planes, and he knows that he can. That's a good getaway vehicle, if anything. So maybe, maybe he'll caution air on the side of fast getaway. Stick with the planes, and at slow cover as well. I know how they'll do it. At the very end of the film, a plane will pull up and like you know this really like ridiculous looking guy will get out, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? He looks kind of weird, and then he pulls a mask off and it's Simon Pegg from Mission Impossible. <laughs> Flying the plane. Flying the plane, yeah. And it turns out he's and he's been both Maverick and Ethan Hunt for both. <laughs> for the entire time. time. <laughs> That's the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Bloody gotcha. Mission Impossible 10. Close pegged. I mean, look, if they don't do it, again, they're missing an opportunity. <laughs> oh, be amazing. Well, like, you could, <laughs> he hops into a plane and the second he hops in, he's like, your mission, should you choose to accept it, but this will self-destruct in like 10 seconds so he has to eject and he uses he loses his fighter plane <laughs> the whole plane the whole destroyed. plane blows up that cost millions <laughs> literally exactly. millions of dollars could you just give him a phone call you'd have to blow up a plane to tell him that i actually love the start of mission impossible fallout with that whole scene the music is so serious and it's played so well and he's in ireland actually in that scene what yeah in the first mission impossible fallout like remind me how that, that kicks off again it just a guy comes up to to a, a, a kind of safe house. Oh yeah, it's in like Belfast door. or something. Yes, it's in Belfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I forgot that except for the last time I was watching it. I yet again went, "Hey, hey, wait a second. <laughs> I got really excited there because I remember thinking, "Oh my god, we're going to have a mission around the streets of Belfast." And then he gets an envelope delivered, and then he wakes up not in Belfast anymore. So I was kind of like, "They weren't in Belfast when they filmed that." Yeah, they did. That it was raining though. At least they got that part right. Yeah, they got they did their research. Um, did you like the music in the Top Gun trailer? Because, I mean, it's the old... Yeah. Ah, it's great. I mean, again, it, it definitely pulls on the, the nostalgia chords a lot, quite literally. But I think for the better, I think it's unapologetically kind of cheesy. Like, it's definitely... Like, it, it was a success because it was so good in, like, its little 80s aesthetic. People loved the cheesiness and the corner of us. And, like, the, like, it even has lines that are in there that are very on the nose. It's like, didn't think I'd be invited back. And he's like, you weren't invited... That's an order, soldier. That's a, yeah, yeah. 
No, look, Rob, everything you said there was a good point, but I'm not going to let you go past what you just said without getting a little bit of praise for that. You said chord, pull the right chord, and you also meant like a musical musical. I chord. did, I did. That I is, did. man, that Snow is, flies that's you. impressive. Butter wouldn't melt in your mouth, young man. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I was like, I don't want to cut you off, but I mean, I had to, I had to get that out there. <laughs> as, as a guy who likes puns, I was very impressed with that. Oh, great, yeah. But uh, no, I think the music was great. I always think it sounds like they're going to church with the, with the, it's almost like a bell tolling. With the, you know, the, like the, the, that sound, but then. It, kind of like, dung. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But they keep punctuating the, the, like, they sort of, it's like they alternate between the gongs and then, like, this mental flash of a stunt that you see for a second, like a plane spinning. And then it goes, bong, you're like, Jesus, what was that? Like you said, it's it's making me feel nostalgic for something that I don't have nostalgia for. That's, I think, you've nailed it. That's what, that's why I don't understand what's happening, but it's working. I, like, I wasn't alive when that movie came out. I didn't watch it for until like i was i think the first time i was, I was like 10 years ago so i wasn't like it was well like it was gathering dust that movie at this point and nobody was talking about top gun so i have no association with other than the fact that now this trailer has come out and i'm thinking oh my god it's awakening a beast within me a top d- 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 god, interesting gun. thing to say when you uh, watch that trailer that's it's awakening <laughs> a beast in you <laughs> uh well you know that's what they call the planes the beasts yeah, that's fair. Mm. Right, well then, from one uh, piece of nostalgia to another, I'm going to now move on to the trailer that is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, dearie me. Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. You obviously know I have a big big penchant for the old Ghostbusters, the original. I, um, don't really much love Ghostbusters 2, but the original is a fantastic film. Yeah. I love it so much. It's one of those films I would almost describe as perfect. I think you enjoy it as well. Oh, I do. I think what's, I think what's interesting, actually, is the... Um, oh, it was on Netflix, actually. Uh, it's like a documentary series coming out about movies that nearly didn't get made because they were considered too daft or too radical or just, like, the, the production was all over the shop and... Um, coincidentally both because we'll be talking about this one later as well as you know ghostbusters now but ghostbusters and home alone were part of this kind of five or six film study and i haven't watched the whole thing but i was watching snippets is, of is it, it. Uh, movies that made us i think it's that sense. one yes but the like, ghostbusters one is very good and i've like the, the fact that ghostbusters got made is a miracle and obviously now it's gone down as like this utter classic that you can't yeah. like you, you could and because it's you know it followed a certain sort of sensibility and it kind of wore its heart and its sleeve a little bit and it was an out and out comedy which I think is where this trailer breaks away from the, the, the mould which I think people are not happy with it looks like a Stranger Things trailer is what people have been kind of saying online I mean it looks the, the problem is look and I know I like the guy and I like the kid and he's, he's a good actor Finn Wolfhard and he's, what a he's name in, that's such a Hollywood name what a fantastic Hollywood Finn name Finn Wolfhard that can't be real Finn Wolfhard Shark, dog, uh, rock. Like that's basically you could <laughs> shark, you could dog so- rock. <laughs> shark. That's basically like- Mr. Dog Rock. It's your it's your. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look. I mean, he I, I I like he's good. He's a good actor, and he was great in Stranger Things, and he's good in it. But the problem is now he's just like it. This now looks like a film that instead of trying to be nostalgic to Ghostbusters, is being nostalgic to Stranger Things, which was in itself trying to be nostalgic to Ghostbusters so there's like there's almost a few like layers of a lasagna of nostalgia that we have here for each other and it's kind it's a strange one I mean I don't really know what else they can do with the Ghostbusters maybe unless they do try to do this whole let's pass on to the next generation of children because 
the original, there's no point in just trying to make it again. There's absolutely no point. That's it true. gets nowhere. People are always going to compare it and it's never going to compare to the original. You have to do something a bit different and look, for all the criticism I might have for it, it does look like it's trying to stay somewhat true to the original. It's paying a lot of tribute to Egon, of course, who, whose actor has passed away, Harold Ramis. And of course, it's directed by the son of the original uh, Ghostbusters. So look, there is a lot of a lot of things going right for it. Jason Reitman, isn't it? Yeah, yes, yes. And Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters. Mm. So I think it's in safe hands because like he'll honor the I think as well because the oh, look to just to tread lightly here for a sec, the the Ghostbusters reboot with um Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on tin ice, should I say. Tin whistle. Oh, because tin whistle. Sorry, yeah, that yeah, that took me too long. Mm. Well, I'm just gonna let that one stew. But anyway, I think you know that one. I was that that remake back there a few years ago wasn't exactly revered. People really did not like it, and not because of what you know the the sexists were saying, but really it just wasn't. It was it was a very by the numbers safe remake. It was there was nothing kind of fun about it, and it was the issue I had with it was that it was made by like a lot of people who did SNL. So you could you could tell there was no real script. It was just like here's a general scene, and now improvise and kind of ramble your way through. And we'll, you know, we'll pick the best kind of funniest take, whatever, which is no good. So they weren't really following the the, the, the old school format that I think this new one is going to try and do. Yeah, and, and like, I don't think that, as I said, I don't think just trying to do another group of adults as Ghostbusters is going to work. No. So the, I think the only way to do it is maybe pass on to the next generation. Then does the problem kick in that, well, does the next generation have to be the guy from Stranger Things <laughs> who's already wearing a Ghostbusters costume in that show, you know? It's amazing how those kids have just been like, they're just in everything now. Just like that five or six cast for Stranger Things. Anything that requires a kid of that age, they're just like, just use one of the Stranger Things kids. They're, Essentially, it's, it's all they're just alive. Finn Wolfhard as well, or Dog Rockhard, or whatever his name is as well. <laughs> Maybe let's not call him that. Um, but look, it could be good. I think what's happening is that the, the kids are obviously Egon Spengler's either like grandchildren. Mm. Or some sort of relation. And look, that's kind of cool. I do hope to pay a lot of homage to him. Um, I would like to see the, the originals in it in a very limited capacity because, look, you don't need to tread back on that on that ground. Nah. Look, this franchise is already gone. I mean, it was it's it's a film franchise that I think had one decent film in it and then it had the video game Ghostbusters, which was essentially Ghostbusters 3. It was very, very good. All the original cast, written, obviously, by all the original cast and stuff too. But I just don't think there's enough you can do with this franchise. I think it was a film that had was one film and should have been left at it. But do you like the fact that they're they're out of the out of New York? They're kind of in, in the in the meadows in like a small town. Oh, and Paul Rudd's in it actually. God, I forgot about that. And that's great because Paul Rudd is Im- like he's always likable, and he's so reliable for to just at least to bring you know that there will be funny bits if the Paul Rudd is in it because he he can deliver anything with a, with far more kind of charisma and comedy chops than you know most actors can anyway. So I think you'll get good laughs from him. It's just the tone of the movie didn't feel jokey and kind of sort of almost bonkers the way the original stuff felt. It felt kind of like. Oh God! This you know this is a bit depressing. You know they're going through hard times. They've moved to a new town. And they're going to try and make it. And there's just a flicker of some action, and you're like, Ghostbusters is coming. You're like, hmm. They're trying to modernize it, but keep that's that's going to be a tough balance, I think. Basically, I, I do think it's going to be a tough balance because I, I don't know if the tone, the somber tone, is what Ghostbusters is about. You know, but there could be an element of that's all they have shot that's worth sort of teasing in a trailer as well like they might be uh, just be withholding here, I, I, I think it's they wanted not to have the taste of the 
Remember the original, the trailer for the remake of Ghostbusters was released and it was the most downvoted uh, YouTube video in history. They just didn't want it to seem like that. They wanted to seem like, look, this is a real film with a real story. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they just that's overcompensated a little too much. We've actually put thought into this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Look, it's the, it's the guy's son, for Christ's sake. Come on, guys. Yeah. Shut up, Paul Feig. Even that line, there hasn't been a ghost sighting for 30 years, seems a little bit on the nose to be like, just that other film didn't happen. Just just so we're all aware of that. Uh, and it's funny, I wonder how they're going to handle that. Because you know the way, like back in the day, you could just, they could just go from one Ghostbuster story to the next and nobody would bat an eyelid about the previous one. But now people, you know, audiences are very discerning. They're very fussy. And they don't like inconsistencies. So they're going to be like, well, that's not real that, that there was 30, 30 years ago there was there was ghosts. Now there's no ghosts. Like, where did all the ghosts go? So they're going to have to sort of, unfortunately, tackle the whole fussy audience scenario a lot yeah, in people this are as definitely well. more continuity heavy you can't just oh, have God. a film be a sequel and just shut the fuck up about it exactly <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not allowed you're not allowed to make a movie that you're hoping people will just go in and sit down and enjoy no it has to be yeah, you, you it has to be you can't, you can't make a movie people will go enjoy anymore that's not what people want anymore <laughs> no they don't want it <laughs> i mean just jesus just look at once upon a time in hollywood people definitely don't want films you can enjoy anymore they no. want absolute slog fests of misery <laughs> Anyway, uh, Rob, do you want to move on to another trailer? That's oh, okay. Let's talk about... Did we talk about Bond last time? We did, but it was only the kind of teaser, teaser-ish, you know, the teaser version of the, of oh, the actual trailer. Oh, so it was, a, it was a trailer for the trailer. So now, the since then, the, the main trailer has come out now that we can talk about very briefly. We don't. This is one we need to dwell on the least, quite frankly, because it's a Bond movie and it hits the beats that the beats are... The beats are always there. He's beating up people. He's driving in a car. He There's a very impressive motorbike stunt... I have to say. It looks, that motorbike stunt looks like Mission Impossible. I, can, I hate to keep talking about Mission Impossible <laughs> fallout in this episode, but does it, is it like it, the stunt even looks similar to the stunt they would do there? There's, there's a part in it, in even the Black Widow trailer, when she turns on the motorbike, and I'm like, that is just the scene in Mission Impossible fallout where Tom Cruise actually was on the bike. Which, which, oh my God. Oh, where she goes, fine office. Uh, no, it's a part where she just turns the motorbike on the spot and it's just exactly like that scene. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> but just about Bond, something I wanted to say that kind of annoyed me about the trailer is that it looks like they're going for, she's going to blackmail him or kind of turn on him. Or, <sighs> it's so you know, over and like, back. They, they did that arc already within this arc, you know, within the Daniel Craig arc. Like They keep... I, Opening it up again after like pretending to close it, like almost it's it's very frustrating. Like I think Bond doesn't suit the um the the continuous storyline as a as a series of films because no. the it, like when you think about the, the you know the the previous uh, actors who who had him for like more than you know t- you know four plus movies you know so Brosnan and Roger Moore in particular and uh, Connery obviously it was just. Yes, it was the same guy with kind of the same core cast, but they never pretended too much that there was that much continuity, like never indicated like one was before the other necessarily. It was just like, right, here's a new Bond, same Bond with the sort of similar support and cast, but like this is just a brand new by itself standalone mission, doesn't really connect at all to the previous stuff, and that was manageable. But now they don't want to waste time explaining (laughs) the relationships he has with these other people to you, okay? Just shut up and watch this action heavy scene. Uh, like, and that's fine. Yeah, which is which is what that that's what made them a success. It was just like exotic locations, beautiful women, fast cars. Like it, obviously, that's a sign of the times. That that's all they had to kind of include as like their pillars, the Bond pillars, we'll call them. But they're obviously trying to modernize it and have like this continuous story throughout. But the problem was is that you have different 
writers and directors coming on who want to put their own twists on it. So they just they just keep restarting or recycling the same kind of story point of like, oh well, he loved this woman and they're gonna run away together. Oh, she's betrayed him, but he's found another woman and they, they'll <laughs> run away together. Oh, she's betrayed him. Oh my, what? You gotta be kidding. There's you did another. Not see that coming, did you? Oh wait, it already happened. That's literally what keeps happening. Is she gonna die now as well? Like, what's the point? Like, he literally sailed away. The equivalent of into the sunset in that final one, even though that that race that God I did not like expect her. It was so messy, but you know he drives off with her into the distance. He's retired. How many how many times does this guy have to come out of retirement as well? Like every time. A Spectre was a film I didn't like, but the conclusion was very appropriate, and it should have left it there. And yeah, obviously Daniel Craig originally wanted it to until they waved millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in front of his face. Yeah, I, I, it's just annoying because like he Casino Royal happened. And then they dovetailed it with Quantum of Solace. And then, so he's, that's maybe a couple of missions. And then, next thing you know, he re- goes into retirement. Then he comes out of retirement. Then Spectre happens, and he's back in retirement. But he, oh, he comes back out of retirement. And now, he, what do you think is going to happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. He's retired, <laughs> and he's going to come back out of retirement. They're not doing anything novel with these at the moment, except for like interesting set pieces. But people don't go for the story. They go for the, the gadgets and the cars and the fun stuff. So focus on that. Focus on the That's easy what stuff. Bond still is to some people, and I think it should remain that way. Like, look, the Bourne films, Mission Impossible's, go to them if you want something else, but just keep on this Bond. And I don't mean that in a don't change anything about them. Like, I don't care if they make do whatever they want with it. <laughs> you took a breath there. <laughs> I did take a breath there because I was going to say, look, I don't care if they make Bond a, a, a woman or make 007 a woman or whatever. I don't care about any of that. But just don't make an arc that continually has the same story and we're meant to think that this is just normal, that the same repeated thing happens to him over and over again and we constantly go see films, you know? Mm. Just either separate them, have them all different, don't try this stuff. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's a woman because that's not the core tenant of it anyway. The whole point is that you can have the same character played by multiple actors and that the, the fact that makes them, the, the, what they're actually built around is not the actor, but the, the kind of the MI5 aspect of it, the stunts, the set pieces, the gadgets. The spy part, exactly. Exactly, 100%. the espionage. 100%. But what's hilarious is like, it's it's it. Born did banded a service because they thought, oh, people want people want the gritty stuff, but they stripped it so far back that it barely looked like a Bond movie. I remember when Skyfall at one point in Skyfall, Q comes up to him with like to present his gadgets, and I'm like, oh my god, I wonder what kind of gadgets he's come up with. A gun. The gadget was a gun. A, t- a gun gadget. A gun gadget. <laughs> Q, get the fuck out of here. Yes, like I get that Brosnan went too far with the invisible car. I get, I totally get that. But meet them in the middle. Mission Impossible makes it comes up with crazy gadgets, and at least, but it builds them into the world so that you're like you're totally invested in it because that's just the way these these things are doing it. You still need the style as well as all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? and I think that's what's been maybe missed in in these films. Yeah, but the trailers is by the numbers. It's it. I mean, I'll go see it because I I like the the spectacle and like you know the energy of the Bond movies and Craig is is very good to be fair to him. Like he has a good physical presence and a grittiness to him that suits the style of films they're going for, but I just think trying to make a continuous story is just a wasted effort at this point. I agree. Anyways, look, I guess we talked about this before, so let's not waste too much time on it. No. I guess the last trailer then is probably the Black Widow one. Unless <laughs> you run with this one as the comic book aficionado. But um, oh, I know we both weren't... Like, this is so... Bleh. There is almost nothing to this trailer. <laughs> I'm re- really, I have to say, and I, I, I hate saying it. I really do because I wanted to enjoy it. Actually, I completely forgot there was a Wonder Woman trailer as well. Yeah, no, I've that written down. Don't worry. 
looks looks uh, much more promising than this. I, I guess the whole thing is just that character is now already spoilers. Everybody has already died in Endgame, mm. so we're we're just kind of going to cover information that's already almost being covered in a way and it just seems like we're repeating again to repeat arcs about family and about who we have I don't know I'm just like this should have been released at another stage it should have been out before Endgame it would have been much more heavy you know as an impacted moment that's so true and I just think it's too it's almost going to remove it's going to to reduce the impact as opposed to make a greater impact you know Mm. and the trailer just has there's nothing fresh or nothing it, it, it's it's trying to be like a spy thriller serious thing but then it's got the usual typical Marvel jokes and I'm like ugh it's got the washed out kind of grey palace there's no charm to it or style it doesn't feel like a spy movie or an action movie it just kind of feels like something in between because it's like, it's like they didn't know what they wanted to do with it which mm. is like remember we were saying the opportunity here for the Black Widow movie was to set it in like the 90s and it's a thriller and like it's it's boots on the ground she's like she's like, like the mission it's like it starts off with like her on the run and she's bloody and bleeding and 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 like she, and like and it turns out it's the winter soldiers like hunting her down and then there's like some could sort you of, imagine <laughs> i feel like i just described something in 10 seconds there that's more interesting than anything we saw combined in that trailer there because it, it didn't do anything for anyone i get i guess look i always forget that when they do these marvel movies that they try and introduce other characters from their canon so that it really appeals to comic book fans of all the different villains and, you know, the whole catalogue of characters that are in there. But, ugh, why make it so safe? They figured out a template that they feel will get enough people in the door so they'll default to it unless it's the really big stars involved that will drag people to see it anyway. So they won't go, they're not going to go too radical. I, I hate the idea of, like, they're like, don't worry, we're doing a Black Widow movie. Only because people have been calling for it for years. Like, they were behind <laughs> the curb, not ahead of it. Yeah, not that one hundred percent, and this is so far behind the curve, like because it it even just looks as bog standard as Iron Man two, you know. Well, yeah, well, the bit that you mentioned earlier about her jumping out, like she's falling, she's skydiving, and there's like, and there's, oh, it looks really shit. There's like these soldiers also falling after, her, and they're able to, and they're aiming and shooting guns at her as they're falling. But you know, like when the whole ragdoll effect, when someone's tumbling through the air. God, Mission Impossible is a good example. I I didn't say it this time. <laughs> I was biting my tongue. You but, said enough for us. Obviously, people are like, like you can't, you know, that kind of rigid control. So, like, it looks stupid. But I've heard comparisons to GI Joe from 2010 for this trailer. Ooh, that is, that is not a comparison anybody ever wants to make <laughs> for the film. I'll tell you that. And that came out almost 10 years ago. I think that first one, if not more so. And that's that's the kind of comparison. Like, there's nothing. I mean, do you want to talk us through some of the characters that are in it? Well, I know that we have old Hopper from Stranger Things, mm. uh, who is going to be a guy called the Red Guardian, who does seem to be having um, a lot of fun. To be fair to him, he looks like he's he enjoying. Does, it. But again, is is this is this the appropriate film to have this kind of like jokey, jokey, laughy, laughy kind of stuff? No, nope, like, but this... that's the Marvel way, though, because they know that if they pepper in a few laughs, that's the tone that they're happy with, as opposed to know, being know, out like, and out thriller. But, there was there's a moment there was never in a moment with the winter soldier where like his handlers were kind of like joking joking around with him like it's 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 about placement and moments and i don't know it just seems like the cast is great david harbour rachel vice like it's it's good cast but it just i don't know it doesn't seem like there's enough there to hook me in about this character who is already dead in the canon yeah again maybe if you're going to give all this impact and then have stuff happen, I would have been like, oh no, she's dead now in Endgame. It's weird. It's like, so this one's set, I think, just after Civil War. So she's like on the run, but is she on the run? Because she would have been on the run after Winter Soldier more so. I don't know why they picked this boring window of time in between 
Like, what was she really is that doing when between? It's set, is it? Yeah, I think it's. I looked it up. It's 2017. It's set. So after oh. the events of Civil War. Jesus. <laughs> so like that's even worse. I thought they were at least going to have it set after Infinity War in that snap time, which would I have don't been think so. No, I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. Well, also well, there seems to be stuff done in the past though as well because there's flashbacks, but also there's your man General William Hurt's character. What's his name? General Thaddeus Ross. Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Attack! 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 Becomes Red Hulk in the comics. Everybody just a little oh, side note. There's a good side note. I don't think this is going to happen here, but no, the um, he's de-aged in a scene in it. So I guess maybe they do go back a good bit ago. But that's probably isn't just... that the, uh, that's the technique pioneered by Martin Scorsese, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's famously huge fan of, <laughs> yeah, of using technology. Yeah. <laughs> famously, the Scorsese effect they call it. It's oh nice, but yeah, no, I think. Um, Martin Scorsese would love to look at this. He any bit of DH and he's all on board. He loves these movies. He's um, all for it. I mean, I, I look. I seen like we're bashing this a whole lot. And I just. I, I that's because really it doesn't look interesting. There's nothing about it. Oh no, I know. And that's what I would say. I, I wish that I had something kind of positive to say about it. But it's just the tr- the music in the trailer is kind of cool. The logo is cool, but the trailer itself is just. It's so. There's nothing to it. It it's it looks like. 14 it's Marvel. It's very movies yeah. It's so generic. Like the bit where like she fights your one. And like they're kicking the shit out of each other, and they're just like, "It was good to see you." I'm like, "Why would you do that? that doesn't even make any yeah. sense." That's people, and that also, that's not. There's nothing novel about that. People have done that. That kind of fight and then make up has been done before. Like it's all very. There's nothing original so far that we've seen in this, as it stands. And, and like even some of the superheroics are so over the top that it might as well just be Spider-Man, like a <laughs> Spider-Man movie. You know what I mean? So if you're taking the one kind of thing about the character that it's down to earth, and you're removing that what's the point there is none as it turns out mm. but um enough bash i mean like we'll obviously go see it but um i, I I'm, I'm disappointed because i was exp- i just i had this vision in my head of what i wanted it to be and it's just it's so safe now by comparison I'm like yeah that's that film now needs to win me over because that had so much potential i'll tell you what did win me over the wonder woman trailer welcome to the future life is good but it can be better and why shouldn't it be? That was that was on the money. I thought. What did you think of that? They did something that the other DC films are still, maybe except for Shazam, are still failing to do, where it just embraced the zaniness. Oh. At one point, she is using a lasso to lasso between bolts of lightning in the sky, and it looks incredible. And like to be fair, there's actually great demonstrations of how they're just being really creative with her kind of what seems like a simple like weapon for her to have the lasso but now she's using like her bracelets and her her head her head sort of her little crown or tiara and it's just it's it's kind of amping up her power set so it's even more interesting they're doubling down on the stuff that was successful which makes sense and then adding fresh takes on it as well that we've never seen before which is i i, I that bit in the trailer where she jumps between the lightning i was like oh my god there's great spectacle to it there's real charm like it really there's a real 80s charm to that whole movie. Pedro Pascal is like some sleazy well. businessman and he looks fantastic as this like infomercial king. Oh my god, it looks great. Oh my god. And like, look, they're fine. Just, just embrace what they are. You know what I mean? Don't try and play them off as these, uh, I don't know, like living in the world but don't do anything for whatever, 100 years or some shit. Just be, have the real big superheroes be really superheroic you know that's fine that's absolutely especially with dc when as i've said multiple times before on the podcast the characters are so larger than life 
make them be larger than life. Somebody called Wonder Woman doesn't deserve to be downplayed as this like in this dark sullen sullen world you know what i mean it's like no this no. depressed widow who doesn't who like just stays in the shadows like it's it's all color it's all spectacle and gold and shiny and it looks great as a result exactly and i want that oh yeah and I, like it, it looks super i like i don't know what the, what the story is here because it looks like there's kind of two villains so maybe and and like there's that interesting wrinkle that Steve Trevor, as you know, Chris Pine's character is back. Like, and they obviously quite rightly have been very tight-lipped as to how he's alive again. Um, it's probably safe to say that a villain has brought him back because there's like a menace, like a sort of a a long, a lingering kind of look shot of his watch, and then it jumps to him. So maybe they use his watch or his DNA left over that they can recreate him or something. Or yeah, I have I have my theories that he is actually just she's a in his in her head He's really not actually really there but that's just from a few views of the trailer and some things i've noticed might not I, happen might be i thought that that's what it was going to be but then he like, punches a guy at one point i feel like in a yeah, truck. that's true <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right look i didn't say my theory was uh bulletproof <laughs> that's not even punch proof literally not punch proof but look it does look good uh, i'm a little bit i love eddie stuff but maybe the nostalgia of the 80s or the 80s references are getting a little bit weighing a little bit heavy but look this did definitely wouldn't be over completely. It looks really good, bright. The chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot is fantastic. And so I'm happy like, to watch that. Yeah. And up top, she's just, she's actually, she's really the best casting decision that they've made. I'm, I'm always in and out on like what I think of Henry Cavill, but I think to be fair, he's, he, that's pretty good as a Superman. But she as Wonder Woman is, is, that's just, she's just really grown into it and embraced kind of the significance of it as well, more so than I think others, which is kind of fair play to her you know, fair juice. And she's really enjoying it. And it shows, because then, like, it comes across in the whole film and people enjoy it even more, and it's great. But I think and it looks like a lot of fun. And everything. I think it looks like a lot of fun. And I would love if they just ignored the fact that... Oh, I hope they do. And I think they've said that, though, haven't they? They've said it's kind of like, we're doing our own thing here. There might be a nod or a wink, but that's the extent of the DC extended universe. Because th- th- this is the thing, it's just like... DC are acting like, oh, we're, like, this has been... Look at look at the DC extended... Look how good it is. And it's like... it basically carried on the weight of two films you were not backing you were hoping superman and batman would do the would do the heavy lifting but it's been one woman and ironically aquaman that have saved you and that's because the directors just decided we're doing our own thing <laughs> yeah we want nothing we to do nothing with to the rest do. of your franchise okay touche sir yeah well okay I'm, fair I'm enough oh, well I'm, I'm looking forward to just kind of where it goes and it's great like the the Christmas is like cheetah in it is she supposed to look like a cheetah in real life like, uh, well it... I mean she does in the comics but I assume they'll get there or they'll do their own version I don't think they're going to just make her look like one of the girls in Thundercats mm. there's a reference for you <laughs> I I don't know much about the the Wonder Woman kind of catalogue of, of characters but um, I think you've kind of got there's two sort of villains or at least one kind of villain one potential villain kind of a play there that I'm interested to see kind of how they weave that into it um, and the, the lady who was directing it, Patty Jenkins, is obviously very smart. I remember reading an article that she wrote when she first released Wonder Woman, how people were, when they're watching her, like, as the film was being produced, you know, she was getting loads of uh, sort of elbows and kind of nudges about, like, this is this is too cheesy, this movie. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with a movie being earnest. And she, like, doubled down on it. And that's why people liked it. Yeah, that's the best parts of those films are the parts that are more earnest, if yeah, you ask me. Yeah, so fair play to her. Fucking great stuff. Good to see a good trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I would say. It just makes the Black Widow trailer look very poor in comparison. It does, and that's just from a Marvel guy. Lifeless, yeah, lifeless trailer that that Black Widow one was. Uh, 
Uh, hi all, this is Ross here. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. This is only part one and there is a part two of our Christmas special on the way where we get much more festive by doing a Christmas quiz covering Scrooge, The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, The Santa Claus 1, 2 and 3. And we also go over our favourite moments of the podcast for 2019, the best films of 2019, video games and comics. So it's much more festive. It's not as trailer heavy, shall we say. So please uh, check back very soon for part two. And now I'm going to play you out with a tin whistle solo as I always try to do. And this time it's very Christmassy. Let's see how this goes. Wow, that was excellent. Well done, Ross. You did a good job. Proud me, proud, very much happy. Yes. Tune into part two, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Christmas.